Thessalonians. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. For some time now, we've been looking at only one subject, the secret of good success. We look in the life of David, and he said, one thing have I desired, not ten things, not two things, many of your prayer requests and your prayer are just too many that God says, does he really know, does he really know what matters? Mary and Martha welcomed Jesus into their home. Martha was busy serving. A good thing to do. But that's not the heartbeat of the father. And she came to complain to Jesus. But master, don't you care? I have you and your disciples here and your apostles. And I've been the only one serving. Mary is just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> Jesus said, you are so wrong. You are troubled about many things. Only one thing is needful. And Mary had chosen that and no one would take it away from her. Jesus looked at the rich young ruler. So you have so many things, but you don't have the only thing. One thing you lack. Go sell all that you have. Give to the poor so that you may have treasure in heaven. And carry your cross and follow me. He went away miserably. And Paul the apostle, the foremost apostle to the Gentiles said, Brethren, I count everything I've gained either to as dung, that I may win the excellency of Christ. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and pressing forward so that I can attain the mark. For what? For the price of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Do you know your one thing? Until you know your one thing, you will do many things. And at the end, your many things will not amount to one. I followed that series, especially last Sunday and two Sundays ago, by harping on purpose, priority, and productivity. That except you know your purpose and pursue it, 
and set your priorities right, you cannot be productive in life. Because many things will call for your attention. And so we many people pull you in different ways. So this day, in continuation of that message, I'm preaching the message titled, All Men and All Things Are Not Equal. Say that with me. Sit at the global community church. You just, you just, you just recited that like somebody had beaten and battered you, and you have lost your voice. I want to hear you very strong. All men and all things are not equal. This is a can't do without message. Do you understand what you can't do with without? This is a can't do. Without message for those who desire to pursue their life purpose, set their priorities right, and maximize their productivity in life. I've had the privilege in my short life of reading what many generations before us wrote or said. And it is important we share some of their thoughts in connection with this message so that you and I can learn from the past or learn from the past and present and relearn so that we are accurately positioned to take on challenges and turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones. I will share four with you to look extremely positive saying we are all equal. And two others said, that's nonsense. Hello? You are beginning to shut down me? Thomas Jefferson said, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. How many of you agree with that? If you agree, say yes. yes. I can't hear you. Yes. If you don't agree, say no. no. If you have no opinion, shut up. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson said, We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I agree totally. Because the same God created us. He created us male and female. And one is not superior to the other or one inferior to the other. He created us equal. Article 1, this is my second submission. Article 1 of the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights states, All human beings are born free, an equal in dignity and rights. Say that with me. All human beings. All human beings. Except there are some monkeys in human form. <laughs> Say with me. All human beings. All human beings. Are born free. And equal. In dignity. And rights. and rights. 
Do you agree with that? I don't. (laughs) And I will tell you why I don't as we proceed. Because some are born in chains. If the sense of their freedom is that they came and cried like all of us, that's fine. And some of them cry more. You're going to find out as we progress. Article 1 of the United Nations. No wonder there is no flag of Jesus at the United Nations and he has no seat. And yet he created the nations. All human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. We'll find out whether this is so or not. T.S. Eliot said complete equality means universal irresponsibility. Hello? Can I go? Because you're not looking like are we here for uh, government 101? Is this politics 101? Are we in church this morning? T.S. Eliot said, complete equality means universal irresponsibility. And Voltaire, the fourth person I'll mention, Voltaire said, men are equal. It is not birth, but virtue that makes the difference. Men are equal. It is not birth, but virtue that makes a difference. Now hear me. Regardless of what side of the divide you belong to, today's message will help you to declutter. I heard that from the mouth of I.D. when last he preached to declutter. I know it, but I've not used it before, and so I started using it. The first time I used it, I say, I.D. said... The second time I'll use it, I say, one man of God said. And the third time I'll use it, I say, as I was saying. <laughs> Regardless of what side of the divide you belong to, this message will help you to declutter. It will guide you against hanging around those who distort your thoughts. There are agents of the devil whose job is to distort your thoughts. And when you take your head to them like the liner, they will shave it off. Mm-hmm. They will distort your thoughts. This simple message will help you to choose your friends and business partners wisely. It will help you also to know what people to spend time with and what things, projects, business to invest your valuable time on. Since the word of God is our final authority, and not just what he said and she said, let's turn our Bible to 2 Samuel chapter 7. I'll read from verse 1 to 16. And please pay attention as we read. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1 to 16. I'll give you a background before we read. David was at this time living in a house of cedar. And he became convicted. You remember where God brought him from? 
The same man who had been living in the wilderness of Ziv and in the cave of Adullam now had a house built by Italians of his day. <laughs> or Germans of his day, if you're talking of Julius Berger or Carpenter Belton. While in that house, he peeped through the window and saw the ark of the covenant of the God of Israel within the tent and the curtain he had built for it so that everyone could have access to God. As against the tabernacle of Moses where only the high priest could go there and only once a year. And he said to himself, I am living in a house of cedar. How dare me? I need to build God a house. Tell your neighbor, the way you respond to God is the way he responds to you. That's why we cannot be equal. That's one of the reasons, fundamental reasons why we'll never be equal in this world. It's not because you don't have, but it's because what you have you're not willing to part with. And God can't give you anything in return. Do you understand me? And that's the beginning of our inequality. The way you respond to God is the way God responds to you. Let's read 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1 to 16. Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. Then Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord. Now, whose report will you believe? Who has the final authority? What David wanted to good, was it good or evil? He wanted to build God a fantastic house. In fact, he said to those who gathered in First Chronicles 29, he said, the palace is not for man, the palace is for God. David was envisioning a palace that would be greater than his own palace. Good idea, but not God idea. So in the night... God spoke to Nathan. Now, I appreciate his idea, but that's not in my schedule. He's not the one to build the house. He's somebody else. May you never be busy doing another man's work. Because there will be no reward for it. There will be no reward. I can hear my musician. I don't want to be distracted, but I will sing it. Because when you are doing another person's work, you are not going to get any reward for it. It's not yours. Let's read on. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, will you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought the children of Israel up from Egypt. Even to this day, but I've moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle. <laughs> Was God promoted or demoted? 
He told Moses in Exodus 25, Build me a sanctuary that I may dwell among my people. He gave him the pattern for the sanctuary. It was built according to that pattern. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle the day it was erected. And David said, wait a minute. This is religion. Is only one man that could access the presence of God once a year. The God that I know that I met in the field. He wants all men to come to him. He yanked off the ark from the tabernacle. And brought it to a tent. And you would think that is devotion. For God, everyone coming. And nobody dropped dead. Praising him and centralizing God in governance. Was the objective of David. He said, since the days of Saul, we have not sought God. Let us bring back into the center of government so that it will be the king among us. So it's not demotion. Let's read further. Wherever I've moved about with all the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying... Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Pastors, don't be jealous when your members are building big houses that you cannot afford. Stay where you are. When you remain faithful to God, your turn will come. Because by the time you go to dedicate their houses, you will develop bellyache. Then you will preach on Sunday morning. Some of you love yourself more than you love God. Look at the type of houses and the chairs in your house. And look at the one in the house of the Lord. You understand me? <laughs> no, God is not complaining. Stop complaining. Stop murmuring. In the fullness of time, He will give you what you deserve. Now therefore, does your you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you. From the sheepfold, from following the sheep to be ruler over my people over Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I've caught up all your enemies from before you, and I've made you what? Oh no, somebody talk to me. I've made you a great name, like what? Like the name of the great men who are on the earth. I took you from the sheepfold. I help you set your priorities. And you became great. Among the great men on the earth, your name is mentioned. We are not talking about Guinness Book of Records here. We are talking about God's record of great men. So if they are great men... There are small men. There are little men. I'm going little by little. Uh Uh Let's read further. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel. And will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Are you tired of moving from house to house? Hello? I moved several times, though. Uh, <laughs> I moved from number two or so in street. 
to number 9 or Sunny Street, to number 11 or Sunny Street, no, before 11 to number 8, Uza Avenue. <laughs> Who guess? To number 11, Noble Street. From there to the dormitory or the hostel of my friends at the College of Medicine. Then to a surulere, one room in a three-bedroom apartment that was dashed to me to leave. Then they gave us quick notice. I packed all my belongings, put them in the house of uh, my friend's flat, Dr. Onifade, and then moved to Bagada to live with my older cousin. Before that, I lived at number nine, Shere Close, Ilupeju. And then the chambers gave me a place, number 11, Basin Street, Aguda. And then they, get, they fired me and terminated my appointment. And do you understand this? From there, I moved to Ilupeju, Oremeji Street, where Bumi was born. From Oremeji Street, I moved to number 44, Ajanoku Street. Uh, you took the house when I left. You. <laughs> So we have been moving. Oh. <laughs> He's been following me. I've been going. We are going together. Do you understand this? And then from 45 Janoku Street. Hey. Let me stop. Because the list is long. I just looked through. That would take a long message. And after I've moved and moved and moved, you think I is a rolling stone who gathers no more. No. I was polished in the process. The day came when. I can say, this is my place. I'm moving no more, but it's not the final place. This one is a stopover motel. I can tell you the place that I'm going to live in. This one is, is Amazing Grace Villa. There's still another villa. <laughs> uh, Engineer Kule Mokolu is the president of Nigerian Society of Engineers. He was my roommate at the University of Lagos Room F106, New Hall. He was one of the foundation civil engineers in Abuja. And he rose through the rank to become assistant director before he resigned. When his daughter was born in 1982, I took a vehicle from Oyibo to Mina, then to Abuja eventually to just go celebrate with them. And he was showing me the villa under construction. And when he took me there, he said, this is where the presidential house is going to be. And I looked at him and said, Kunle, you know, I'm coming to live there. Yeah. In 1982. He repeated it a few days ago. He said, you never stop to amaze me. I gave you land in Abuja. He said, you don't want. Because he was in charge and it was being sold for 10000 20000 They were looking for people to come. And I'm not buying Mine is under construction. There are only two villas in Nigeria. Amazing Grace Villa is a stopover motel. <laughs> and when we like that villa, then we retire home. Okay. The man who is here now is number 15. I am number 16. 
They interviewed me, which political party do you belong to? None. Which car do you carry? None. How are you going to get there? You will see. Uh, be careful in case it does not work. You want your new work if you Baba Tiba Miche Baba Tiba Miche Baba Tiba an elderly man was in our home for dinner yesterday. He said, I was really disappointed when I saw the list. We had all, all thought that, I said, my position is not chief of staff. My position is not minister of the Federal Republic. My position is president and commander-in-chief of the armed forces of Nigeria to rebirth a new nation. Why don't you keep this inside of yourself? You can't stay there anymore. I try to keep quiet. But if your vision is too small that you can't talk about it, it's not big enough to push you into your destiny. Amen. This will make everything to line up or fall apart. Amen. But we will get there. Amen. And I'll see you at the top. In the name of Jesus. Amen. See, even these, even my commentaries, if you begin to put them side, yeah. the Bible will become like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people, Israel. And we plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them anymore as previously. Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel. And I caused you to rise from all your enemies. Also the Lord tells you that he would. He will make you a house. God was telling David, you were thinking of building me a house. I'm going to reciprocate your thought towards me. I will build you a dynasty. I'll build you a house. The way you respond to God is the way God responds to you. Get all you can. Can all you get. And sit on the can. We'll kick you off the can and will be given to somebody better than you. Let's read. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom for some time, forever. That's a dynasty. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. So, David was the king of Israel. Saul was the king of Israel. Are they equal? <laughs> I'm just building little by little. He was king before him. But you are going to see some things. Let me finish reading. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. So when you read 
the genealogy of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, you see Jesus, the son of David and the son of Abraham. The son of David because of the throne. The son of Abraham because of the covenant to bless the nations of the earth. Jesus had three fathers. How many do you have? He had God as father. He said so. Genealogy says he had David as father. And he had Abraham as father. Do you understand? Okay, let's read the second text of scripture. Luke chapter 14, chapter 12. I'll read from verse 42 to 48 and make some little commentary. Then the message itself can begin. I trust God that latest by 12.30 you'll be out of here. Is that okay by you? You didn't talk. Amen. Gunta, Gunta. Gunta. I'm not talking to you if you're not German. I just spoke German there. Luke chapter 12, verse 42 to 48. It reads, and I quote, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Have I been giving you food in due season? Yes, sir. I can hear you. Yes, sir. Do you eat good food here? Yes, you go ask those television audience the hunger a man told me he said it does not matter what hour of the day or how much diesel will cost at five minutes to five my father will say put on the generator my pastor is about to come I don't know the father I told you I was at a function and here I just retired and asked us to come and pray. Were you there with me that day? Chief Samuel Adedoi came into the hall, greeted me. I greeted him and he went to his seat. I sat where they put me. And then, Eliganza looked by you. Omo Koya, Eliganza looked by you. Koya, Yari Eti, Mushe. Eliganza look by Omokoya. Chief Razak Okoya came in and everybody was greeting him. I sat where I was. He went straight to his friend. Chief Samuel and they were going to sit together. And then Chief Adedoin said, Pastor, Pastor, please come. I thought there was some trouble. I said, Yes, sir. He said, See this man. Everybody calls him Muslim, Elijah, and everything. 4.30 p.m. every Sunday. My phone would ring at home. I said, are you getting ready? Our pastor is about to come on. He would gather his entire family watching Moment of Truth. Who was the professor of Mamsa? Jerry. Professor Jerry Gana. We were uh, international VI. What do you call it? Institute of International Affairs I was to speak there 
and he was either chairperson, Chibola Ige, when he was alive, was there. Uh, Papa, Dr. Christopher Kolade was there. I was to speak that day. And Professor Jerry Gana, when we finished, called me outside. He said, keep on doing what you are doing. Don't stop it because we watch you every time. And government is watching you. Look, the whole world will have to listen to the word of truth. Because it's the only thing that sets free. Yes. We are not peddling religion. I'm not a religious man. I hate religion with passion. Because religion simply is from the Greek word religio, which means return to bondage. We want to set men free. Only the truth can set them free. That's why God named that thing from the beginning, the moment of truth. So if you've been fed with the word in due season, my prayer for you today is that that word will not stand against you. Amen. That that word like hammer will break your hard heart. Amen. It will change you from inside outside amen. so that you become pliable in the hands of God. Can I hear amen? amen? Let's read. Let's finish reading. Truly I say to you that it will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants, that includes rape, and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him and at an hour when he's not aware and we caught him in two. Was he a servant? But what will happen to him? He will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with unbelievers outside are the dogs he will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with unbelievers read verse 47 with me ready read and that servant servant, ready? And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. This is why the book of James says, let us not be in a hurry to become teachers because we have greater condemnation. Because if you are a teacher and you don't do what you teach, you have greater condemnation. Do you understand me? Okay. Give me James chapter 3. It's part of my note, but I'm not there yet. I've not gotten there. I just want to quickly submit it to you. James chapter 3, verse number 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. He's not talking about uh, Olivet High School, uh, Baptist Academy. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Give it to me in KJV. It says greater condemnation. So condemnation has level. The, the rod they will use to beat the, the teachers is not the same they will use to beat the students. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater Condemnation. Go back to verse 48 of Luke 12. We are going to read it together. And you will see the beginning of, of separation there. Uh, as one is distinguished from the other. Verse 48, Luke 12. Ready? Read. But he that knew not, he who did not know, 
yet committed things deserving of strife, shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required, and to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. <laughs> Lend me your ears. It is a truth universally acknowledged that all men are created equal. I told you I agree with that. However, in the final analysis, all men are not equal. And all things are not equal. I wouldn't like to give this example. But I'll give it. It was June 12. Democracy Day celebration. I saw three men approaching the covered area. The press gathered around one and his two former, he too is a former governor. They were next to him as he began to address the press, the attention was focused on him. When they finished, he walked through the gate, the barricade that was put there, he presented his card and he went through. And the other two governors, they say, oh, this is your card. Does not bring you in here. That you have to sit over there. And they said, don't you know who we are? We came with him. The man who had entered did not look back. I don't want to put names. <laughs> so one of the former governors carried his agbada gently. I went to sit where... We the people were seated. The other one got angry and just left. But now he has gone back. He's a minister. So next time there's an event, he too will enter. But he left the place that day, he didn't enter. Tell your neighbor, VIP get level. To start with, since Adam and Eve, and apart from them, the first couple in human history, there are only two common denominators among men. How many denominators? There are only two. Since Adam and Eve who are created, since Adam and Eve, there are only two common denominators among men. We are all born, or we are all born, and if the Lord tarries, we will all die because of the original sin. Is that clear? Yes, sir. I can't hear you. Yes, sir. I spent hours to put this together so that you will shine your eyes and find your level. And then begin to receive grace from God to take you to a level where nobody can rubbish you. Amen. Amen. Where you don't need to carry card to enter. Amen. <laughs> We're going to a function. Recently, it was Mrs. B and I. 
And I forgot the card at home. I said, oh, oh, the access card that I left at home. Let's go. When I got there, I said, you're welcome, sir. They didn't even ask access card. We just entered. <laughs> Do you understand? And my mommy, Loju. Loju, let me know if you're me know, Morty, me. I was raised by a woman who. <laughs> you think you are the only one who get? I I get my own too. We were and are all born, and if the Lord tarries. We will all die. However, even with that, it is clear from preponderance of scriptures that we are not born equal and we will not die the same way. We are created equal, but we are not born equal. I don't like embarrassing anyone. Okay. Which hospital were you born in? Baptist Mission Hospital. Baptist Mission Hospital. Put your hands together for him. <laughs> Madam, yes, which hospital were you born in? Kaduna General Hospital. Kaduna General Hospital. General. <laughs> <laughs> Which hospital were you born in? Highland Maternity. Highland Maternity. <laughs> and Lisa. Which hospital were you born in? Adeo, your hospital. Adeo, your These people get class. Oh. General Hospital, Mission Hospital. I was born in my father's house. Moforisha <laughs> Lekube. <laughs> Were you born in the house too? <laughs> uh, where were you born? Ile. Uh-huh. I want to get Ilewa. The one that was born on the road is called Abiona. <laughs> what will you call the one that was born in the hospital? <laughs> From the natural standpoint, there's a difference between natural birth, whether home or the hospital, and surgical birth through cesarean operation. Even from birth, you can begin to see differences. And hospital get class over. Uh-huh. I'm going to keep quiet there because I don't want to mess you up. Uh, I pray that all our hospitals will be fully equipped. Because many more die in the hospital than at home now. Mm-hmm. God will help our nation. Amen. The difference really, the difference is not in where you are born or the circumstances of your birth. I want you to understand the difference when I say we are all created equal, we are not born equal. 
The difference is in whether a child has been estranged from the womb or whether it's sanctified and spirit-filled from the womb. Hello? Yes, sir. Am I communicating? Yes, sir. The difference is not in whether it's mission school, general hospital, or state hospital, or at home. The real difference in birth or about being born is whether you are estranged from your mother's womb or you are sanctified and spirit-filled from your mother's womb. Let's look at the scripture. Psalm 58 verse number 3 Psalm 58 verse number 3 The wicked are estranged from where? Why are you not reading? I'm not trying to mess up anybody You have a child And you call him Shangowangwa you have a child, you call him Ogundele. You have a child, you call him Ifakile. That's my friend, he's going to fight me today. You have another child, you, you have already strengthened the child. God said, put my name upon the children of Israel so that I may bless them. Give me Numbers 20, verse number 6. Numbers chapter 20. No, Numbers chapter 6, verse number 20. I beg your pardon. Numbers 6, 20. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Who is going to bless Shago and what? Shago? Who is going to bless Ogudele? Ogu? Who is going to bless Oyalowo? Oya. Now I'm not trying to say you should change your name. I'm just being practical. That your parents and who they worship had already estranged you from the womb. And look at what follows a person estranged from the womb. Next verse. Psalm 58 verse 4. The wicked are estranged from the womb. Or let me. They go astray as soon as they are born speaking lies. Hello. They go where? Astray. As soon as they are born speaking lies. They don't need to learn it. They have already been conditioned by it. If they say good morning, you need to check your wristwatch. It may be 6 p.m. 
Let's read further. They are poison. Those who are straight from the womb. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf cobra that stops his ear. Which will not heed the voice of charmers charming ever so skillfully. Break their teeth in their mouth, O God. Break out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord. Let them flow away as waters which run continually. When he bends his bow, let his arrow be as he caught in pieces. Let them be like a snail which melts away as it goes. Like a stillborn child of a woman that they may not see the sun. So if a child is estranged from the womb, can you equate that child with the one that is sanctified from the womb? When you say we are all born equal. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 4. Jeremiah 1 4. And please don't be angry with me if your name is Shaguanwa. One of our consultants at the Citadel is Shaguanwa. I don't mean harm. I'm just preaching the word of God. He's a good man. He's a Christian. And I know that the ancestral causes is not upon him. I'm just saying, hey, I will not call my child that name. Okay? Except God says, bear the name so that you can reach the people. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, came to me saying, ready? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. That's why you go to fruitful club to learn how to lay your hands upon the womb of your wife and prophesy by the Holy Spirit upon the children that are coming. Every day, almost every day, when my each child was conceived, I would go lay my hand. I'll be praying and be prophesying. What is this child coming to do? Show me, Lord. We are shortchanging our children by not asking God what their destiny and purpose in life is so that we can train them up accordingly. And if you don't train them, the enemy will step in. Luke chapter 1 verse 11. You, you, you heard Jesus in Matthew saying of all men born of women, none is as great as John the Baptist. Why? He was the first to be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Luke chapter 1, 11 to 15. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. For your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you shall call his name John, a separation from Zechariah dynasty. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. How are you going to compare 
a child that is sanctified from his mother's womb, a child that is filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb, with a child that was estranged from the womb. If we are born equal. It's not too late to begin to pray for your children, no matter how old they are. To find out their purpose. And it will be in the interest of children also to obey their parents in the Lord. Because God in his wisdom chose the womb that will carry you. And chose the seed of the man that will hit the egg in the womb of that woman. You did not choose your parents. You are not smarter than God. Even if they have gone astray, God can use you to bring them back. Can I hear amen? Amen. This is why the Bible says, even a child is known by his deeds. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 11. I want to correct one thing in your head. And one thing to t- be taken out of your mouth from this day forward. Proverbs twenty eleven. Even a child is known by his deeds. Whether what he does is pure and right. A child. So stop saying your model on Stop it. Oh, what do you expect a little child to do? It's just a little child. No. He's manifesting a particular spirit. Deal with it, Adam. And don't say it's just a little child. What do they know? Be that as it may, do you agree we are not born equal now? Yes, yes or no? If I kill it. Ogundele Oshiniaga Those are my friends. I can yap them, they can yap me. You remember I was called Sindiku when I was born? Yes. And my classmate was a Sindiku, Sundoko, Sandaka, Sendeke, Molemi, oh yeah, oh yeah. Guru got you and said to me, let me know the bit of more, bit the Aga guide. Uh, I'm a data, I'm a data, Lori Dota. Those are the ten names of the ten sons of, of Eman the Aga guy. They look at you, they say you are Mr. Wood. They look at you, they call you Mr. Wood, Mr. Snape, Mr. Smith. Oh, local. Be that as it may, even our debts are not the same. That's why the Bible says, no, it was not the Bible. Well, it's in the Bible. It was Balaam who prayed, let me die the death of the righteous and let my end be like each. So if there's death of the righteous, there's death of the wicked. Ikubono. Ikuro.
I'm sure you know that his prayer was not answered because they severed his head with his sword. When the children of Israel got to the promised land because he, he allowed himself to be hired by Balak to curse those whom God had blessed. The psalmist also said, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Uh, tomorrow, next tomorrow, we'll be gathering to give a befitting burial and say farewell uh, finally to one of our sisters. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Listen to me, we are not going to die equally. If the death of the righteous or the saints is precious in the sight of the Lord, the others die like cockroach. Not precious in his sight. Does it not follow? Yes. It's common sense. So you see, even with the common denominators of birth and death, or if you like, from the womb to the tomb, there are unique differences. Before we go any further, I want us to sing songs of worship to God right now. One is thanking him for the kind of death he has delivered us from. The second one is asking him to help us to exit peacefully. Amen. I love the way my mother passed on. I love it. She ordered for breakfast. She finished everything in the bowl. She ordered for lunch. She finished everything in the bowl. The cook was so concerned that he said, Mama will not eat normally like this. So Mama finished everything. Yeah, she was going on a journey. <laughs> the first song says, Ikuro Timbaku, Iyashe Timbaje, Gobore Lotikolo, Jesu Lua Omasheo, make it three songs Th- that one is sweet listen to this one then I will come to the one that's a request 
so that we end peacefully. The second one goes like this is Yoruba song. You can rewrite it in English and sing your own. Or sing it in uh, Efik or Kalaba as God helps you. Jesuja, Sheke, Sheke, Mi, is a request to exit here peacefully. May you die the death of the righteous. May your end be glorious. It's a request especially for those who are yet to know Christ as the Lord. The song says, was finally, our remains was finally laid to rest. The musicians who came at different times sang different songs. I only remember one. You want me to sing it for you? Look at the kind of burial that was given to my mom. And imagine five mighty seeds of righteous men. Plus all who are not even biological. Ah, that day will be glorious. Kai, 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 kai. Ah, heaven will know what managed you. Hey, the earth will shake. You understand me? That's the way to go. And our death or barrier can never be equal. Thanks so much for listening. We have to end it here today. But it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's word. This message will continue in a subsequent episode. I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively 
as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye for now.